This is the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Oh, intermission. No, it's halftime. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue for the best liquor, beer, and wine deals in the River Valley. Arkansas wins the national championship! Check out Eastside Liquor on Facebook for weekly specials. Say goodbye! Darren McFadden, 80 yards, touchdown! Song is a Matt Jones special. Who are we listening to? What song the, are we listening the, the to? The Kills, Jamie Hintz and Allison Mozart. They just had a new. Uh, they're putting out a new album. They just had a one hit. I haven't listened to it yet. Like a, they released a single. Called, it's called like a 103 or something. But uh, no, they're fun. They're 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 a fun little two two piece band. Sounds like the kind of music that uh, you might have been listening to warming up for a football game before. Did you little warm Foo up with fighters, headphones maybe? on? Little little Foo Fighters back in the day, maybe something like that. Yeah, a little silver chair. Yeah, so it just depends. It just depends. Sometimes you want to hear, take it all in. You know, sometimes early, maybe you put your headphones in, and then as you get about thirty to forty-five minutes, where you kind of gotta, you gotta take the headphones out and start being aware of what's what's going on. You know, I'm always intrigued by, uh, you know, like I, don't, I don't ride the bus with the baseball team, uh, but I don't think baseball players normally don't aren't like warming up to music. You can't take batting practice with AirPods in your right. ear. I see a lot of basketball players that are warming up with the AirPods in. Uh, so it's a little different in that case. But when I'm on the bus with a women's basketball team, a lot of those young ladies will have the headphones on for the entire ride. Uh, you know, they'll be texting with whomever, but I'm not sure how much talking is going on. And, and they'll walk off the bus with the headphones, get into the locker room with them and everything. And I keep thinking, I think we're at a point... In, in this society where all of us sometimes sort of feel like life is set to a soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Right? Like a music. is mm-hmm. all like, like We a all movie. have our it's own all... theme song. Exactly. Yeah. Like your, um, who was it, Keenan Ivory Wayans that had a band following him around and I'm going to get you, sucker. <laughs> <laughs> it is only, yeah, nobody was, were they, were they wearing headphones warming up for games back then too? Hmm. Uh, this is a, I saw this story coming out of the NFL today that a, Rookie defensive tackle for the Bears. Bears open the season Sunday at home against Green Bay at 325. Uh, Gervon Dexter is the young man's name. He's from the University of Florida. And while he was there, he signed a contract with an organization called, quote, Big League Advance, unquote. I guess I'd be a little bit wary of an organization that's got the word advance in it, knowing what the paycheck advance industry has done in this nation uh, before being severely regulated a couple of years ago or a few years ago. Uh, This organization got Dexter to sign a contract in 2022 where he was paid $436,485 in order to provide NIL services and big league advance would get 15% of his pre-tax NFL earnings for 25 years. I don't know anybody that's had a 25-year NFL career. Brady came pretty close. Um, wow. 15%. This isn't even, you know, this is, this is independent of what his agent would take. Uh, and to, for me, this is a prime example of why there has to be regulation, regulation on NIL and not at a state level. Um, Dexter has sued this organization, Big League Advance, in violation of Florida's NIL and agency statutes. 
but this should have never happened to begin with. Well, well, isn't didn't they have a problem with that quarterback with the NIL deal? It seems Rashida, like that's right. Yeah, that the, the Florida the NIL they can't get anybody in there. No, no wonder if they're doing deals like that. Who's signing the deal with the Florida NIL? I mean, to to give you twenty five percent of your earnings for for one year. That's just that's just crazy. It comes pretty close to predatory lending. That I, I, right. Yeah, I don't think he's got to pay back the, you know, over $435,000, but 15% of your pre-tax NFL earnings for 25 years sounds amazingly exorbitant. And it sounds to me like this is a kid who didn't have any representation whatsoever and was totally taken advantage of. You know, there's not a single, there's not a single athlete in the NFL who would who would who would sign something like this because they're going to have representation with somebody that's actually on their side you have to be certified to be an agent through that yes exactly you don't have to do that in for this nil or for the college but at the nfl level that you have a list like if they're not certified there they can't represent you too many people have asked the question well are we going to these kids know they have to pay taxes and not ask the proper question, which is how many of these athletes are tricked into signing egregiously bad deals because they lack proper representation. That's what's happened with this with this young kid with Gervon uh, uh, Dexter. I think I was pronouncing. Was he a fourth round pick? Is that what you said? I don't know what round yeah. he was picked in. Man, that's uh, that's crazy. Well, and and I think again, this is a prime example of of somebody's got to have some kind of national system. You know, whether it's the, it's not going to be the NCAA. It's going to end up being, it's going to end up being the federal government. Uh, further proof that guidelines and standards and practices for a coast-to-coast enterprise, which is what college football is, uh, should these these standards and practice have to be set by somebody that everybody follows. Representation. Um, openness, knowledge of what other athletes are signing, and, and knowing that this sort of deal, 15% of your pre-tax NFL earnings, I don't care if 25 years, that's just a big number. Even if it was for five years, should not be happening. All right, 85 division. There are a lot of people that listen to this show, Matt, that are not NFL fans that would watch college football over the NFL. Mm-hmm. Now, I would wonder, though, Lions-Chiefs is a really good game. That's a great game. Plus, the atmosphere of Arrowhead Stadium on a Thursday night. These people have been partying since last night there, well, you, maybe even earlier. You got the, uh, you got the Sunday night broadcast going. Uh, it's what most of the nation is going to be watching tonight. But then there's Murray State and Louisville for the college football hardcores. Now, I know what I'd be watching tonight, and it's the NFL game. I wonder how many people are actually watching the college game that are not racers or Cardinals fans. It's, it's going to be exciting to see Patrick Mahomes come out there. You want to see what they do. With, they have a Hall of Fame tied in, and Travis Kelsey, who's probably not going to play. Uh, Detroit, they, they started to pick it up a little bit at the end of last year. Uh, there's another game, you know, uh, Sunday, 49ers-Steelers. That's, that's a game that, uh, that I'm looking forward to. Uh, you you, you kind of want to see how long the Chiefs can sustain it, right? Like everybody's trying to knock the knock the king king of the hill off. I mean, the Chiefs have been the the best franchise. What in the last four years have where they won three Super Bowls? I mean, they uh, it's a couple of them. Yeah, yeah. they've they, lost one, been to three, been to three Super Bowls. I mean, they they got the uh, Patrick Mahomes d- just doing things. Kind of, I mean, he he looks uh, he's playing the the quarterback position like nobody else. I mean, he's uh, he's fun to watch. They got rid of Tyree Kill and and they were still able to go win a Super Bowl. 
how, how long is this sustainable? You know, are they going to be back? There are a lot of people's preseason favorites uh, to uh, to make represent the AFC. But I think a lot of that has to do with with Travis Kelsey, doesn't it? I mean, this is this is a generational tight end. He's a darn special player, and and there's nobody there's no it's nothing to do with the lack of depth at tight end for the Kansas City Chiefs. There's nobody there are really not a lot of players in the country in, in the NFL that can do the things that he can do. Well, he seems like he's pretty irreplaceable. It's the rapport they have together. They trust each other. They they believe in each other. You I mean they? You see them all off season. They're playing golf together. They're 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 traveling together. Uh, it's um, it'd be interesting to see who steps up. It's, it's steps up, but it's it's kind of like Rocket, I think, Phil. Where if there's any swelling, if there's anything wrong with them, man, you just got we'll, we'll, we got an extra day of rest. We're playing on Thursday night. Our next game Sunday. You got ten more days. Let's just he, if it should be fine there. Right, you, in the first you of seventeen, exactly. Maybe it's a the long first, year. Maybe the first of twenty. <laughs> I I'd rather have uh, Travis Kelsey in January than than in September. Well, I would agree with you on that. And then, you know, the other now they're replacing Eric Bieniemy, running Matt Nagy as the offensive coordinator. So, and you're going to have you not have you don't have Chris Jones. I mean, it's your lead. You did your, lose your OC. He your went top to the receiver. It's a top receiver, the guy that's got more rapport with your generational quarterback than anybody else. Uh, your top pass rusher is not playing, um, and the coaching has nothing to do with it in this case. That's just that's a lot of juice that you're miss- missing right there at the line of scrimmage, and it's difficult to replace both of them. You know, the, so the, in that case, I wouldn't be surprised if if the Lions find a way to pull off the upset. The winning in Arrowhead on a night game when they're the only game being played, it's going to be a little bit difficult to pull off. Never made it to Arrowhead for a football game. All I've been able to do is stand outside when I've, before I've gone into the Royals ballpark and just kind of marvel from the outside and think to myself, is it, is it really that loud in there? I guess it does. Loudest uh, loudest stadium that I played in uh, when, when I played at Jacksonville. Best barbecue, though. After the game. Uh, you, they hook you, you up. They hook you up with a big old plate of barbecue. It's uh, it's solid. They had great, great atmosphere up there, man. They, they, they'd, they'll be a stadium where you'd see them do the wave, where they, they don't sit on their hands there. You know, they, they're kind of... They, they, great atmosphere, great vibe there. You can tell they're really rooting for their team. How much does the noise get in the way of, of, of a team that's, that has the ball? The, the, in an outside stadium, I, it hasn't really get getting in the way where 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 it hurts you is when you played in the Georgia Dome mm-hmm. uh, and, and they're piping music in too. You know, if you if you remember that that came out a few years ago, where they're they're piping in extra crowd noise. When you get in those domed arenas, that's where it can get louder. When you have the outside, it's uh, you can still kind of you you kind of you know your quarterback's voice. You know, you, you've been in camp, and so you can you can you can hear it. Where well, um, you you still have fond feelings for the Jags. You jacked Love opening up as a favorite yeah. at Indianapolis on Sunday. We uh, we we were lucky when uh, we got to play against Payne Manning a lot, and uh, it was some battles. Uh, Scobie hit a 53-yard field goal one one game to beat him, but uh, to go against to go against Peyton Manning and see how he went about it. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, how how fun is he? He's he's uh, one of the top 20 under 25 players in the NFL. Uh, he, he's a guy that uh, he, he got him to the playoffs last year. No doubt about it, man. He's, he's as much fun as there is uh, to watch. 
The Arlington Resort Hotel and Spa has everything you want for your next getaway. With the luxury and hospitality of a grand old southern hotel, the accommodations are sure to please everyone. Visit our thermal water bathhouse for mineral water baths and massages or enjoy one of our many dining options, like our Friday night seafood buffet, primetime in a fountain room every Saturday night, or our award-winning Sunday brunch. Located in downtown Hot Springs, the Arlington is steps away from shopping, entertainment, bathhouse row, and the hiking and biking trails of the National Park. Visit ArlingtonHotel.com for more info. Are you feeling the heat this summer with soaring electric bills? Upgrade your AC system with Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric this August and experience the ultimate comfort in your home. This month, receive up to $500 off on attic insulation when you upgrade your AC. That's right, proper attic insulation can significantly reduce your energy bills, keeping your home cooler and more efficient. Worried about the cost? We've got you covered. With approved credit, enjoy payments as low as $99 a month. Picture this, lower energy bills can help you cover the cost of your new system. Now that's a win-win situation. So don't wait, call Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric now and save with a new AC system and insulation this August. Say goodbye to high electric bills and hello to ultimate comfort. Visit GoPascal.com now and schedule your free estimate. With approved credit, exclusions apply. See dealer for details. Professional people, professional service. Pascal Air Plumbing and Electric. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V. For your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. And we'll talk with Brett Dolan. Of course, Brett, you know him on uh, SEC Plus, ESPN Plus, calling all sorts of Razorback events. Uh, also working on Touchdown Radio that airs college football nationally each week. Brett was on the Ohio State Indiana call last weekend. He's got AM at Miami this Saturday. Brett, always good to talk to you. How you doing, man? Hey, it's great to be with you guys. It feels a little different now, doesn't it? We're into September. We're in the football season. This is this is a fun time of the year. Yeah, and you and I are standing next to each other at Baumwalker Stadium talking about <laughs> baseball, which is usually the thing we'll kick around. Uh, what did you feel from Ohio State at Indiana? It was a little bit of an underwhelming performance by the Buckeyes, or just kind of a you know a week one get to know you? Uh, I think it could be both. I, I was underwhelmed a bit, and I, I don't know if Kyle McCord will. Uh, be as prolific as D.J. Stroud or Justin Fields or Dwayne Haskins, his three predecessors who found their way to the NFL. I mean, Ohio State has 16 returning starters. They've got better wide receivers than several NFL teams have, but uh, they could only put 23 points on the board last week. So I'm curious, you know, Ohio State's one of those crazy places. You win 11 games and the fans are upset with you. So uh, they need to find a way to beat Michigan, and they've got a lot of time to figure that out. But uh, they're on a collision course late in the year. But they did not look terribly good last weekend. Because everybody's supposed to be C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields right out of the gate, right? Doesn't doesn't quite work <laughs> that way. Um, what 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 did you see from McCord that might that he might be able to improve upon? Well, you know, he's kind of a pocket guy. He's not going to scramble and run. I thought that's the one thing that C.J. Stroud was able to do a little bit with. The one thing is that McCord was a three-year high school teammate with Marvin Harrison Jr. They won three state 
high school football championships. That should be a pretty good guy to lean on, but Harrison had 18 yards worth of catches the other day, and I, I thought that was unusual. This guy, I thought, and maybe this is crazy, I thought he could be a legitimate top three or top four Heisman contender in a year where Georgia and Alabama don't have experienced quarterbacks and some of the most experienced quarterbacks play out west where we don't get to see them. That did not look like a Heisman game. Now, you'd expect somebody else to step up, Babuka, whatever, that's three incredible running backs that I think most teams would like to have. It was just lacking. And maybe maybe that was done by design. Week one, conference game, just get out of there with a win. But uh, he needs to be a little quicker, I think, in his decision making and certainly kind of spread the field if his first option isn't available brett hey man matt jones here uh did, did you get a chance to to see travis hunter and coach prime and in the colorado buffaloes and and kind of what uh, what do you think the realistic expectations is for travis hunter and in, in this colorado team well it's crazy isn't it i mean uh I think everybody was watching that with with a great deal of curiosity. And listen, there's some people that really want to see Prime have success right away, and there are others that probably don't. And I think some of the traditional old-school teams are probably a little bit curious with Colorado. If it's that easy where you can come in and take over a one-win team and flush 70 guys and hit the transfer portal and be immediately relevant, why won't other schools try and do the same thing? Um, You know, last week I had Indiana. They had 30 transfers. I've got Miami this week. They've got 20 some transfers so clearly it's the way uh, that you go about and kind of build but uh, you know th- th- I think the exciting part for me is when foot- non-football programs become relevant we saw it for about three weeks last week last year with Kansas when they were hosting game day and all of a sudden they look like uh, maybe they want to be in the conversation Colorado's going to be intriguing and when they move to the Big 12 uh, when they lose of course Texas and Oklahoma that- that's going to be a fun program to watch I I don't know what the staying power is, but obviously the kid probably a quarterback was a little better than I thought. Does his celebrity have much to do with it? I mean, independent of his coaching ability, and I think it's obvious he can coach. You know, he coached well in high school. He coached really well at Jackson State, and uh, it looks to me like he's got all the these entire this entire Colorado football team believing in him and themselves. Um, but you know, in order to do what he's done, you got to blow the whole thing up. That's the thing. It's like you're not going to have too many programs on an annual basis that I think are blowing the entire thing up. At Colorado, it made sense. Like at a place at Northwestern, who knows what's going to go on there. You can't blow it up because are there really going to be that many good football players that can that have the academics to make mm-hmm, it into a place mm-hmm. like Northwestern, right? But doesn't his celebrity have a little bit to do with this? It could, but I think it used to be. And I, I say the old days, like three years ago, when somebody would take over a program, we would think, can they recruit? Can they coach? Right now, I think the, the big aspects, can you evaluate and can you motivate? Because if you can evaluate and you can hit on some kids in the portal and then you can motivate to, to uh, get them on the same page, you are maybe a step ahead of others. And the one thing I, I thought Lane Kiffin said at, at SEC Media Days that kind of struck me and I kind of sat back and thought about it, someone said to him, what do you have to do now as a coach that you didn't have to do five years ago? And he said, you have to understand that your culture is not going to be as good as you want it and it's not going to be as good as it used to be. And I thought, that makes sense, right? I mean, it, it can be when you're, you're bringing in kids. But if you're going to go that route, can you evaluate to get the right talent? Can you motivate to get them uh, successful early? And I guess Prime would probably be a guy that might be able to do both of those. 
Speaking of a lot of talent, the, the game you got uh, this week, that A&M-Miami game with A&M just kind of not, not getting it done last year. Uh, have, have you looked at this? What, what, how do you see this game going? I'm interested, Matt, and I'll be curious when uh, we're a couple of weeks down the road what you think of Connor Wigman of A&M as their, their starter. He threw five touchdown passes, got a little gunslinger to him, uh, obviously beat out Max Johnson, who had started some games for them. I, I don't know if I'm willing to go on in the limb and say A&M's clearly going to beat Miami. If they do, they're going to be undefeated rolling into that Arkansas game, and I think a big reason why is going to be Wigman. He, he's just got a little moxie to him. He's fun. His receivers are, I don't know if he has first round or NFL draft picks in that receiving core, but he's got four or five good ones. He had two receivers that come, caught a combined five touchdowns last week, and they're going to be facing a much improved Miami team. Uh, I saw them last year against Florida State, and they, they were not good. Uh, they have improved a little bit, and, and I don't really know after one week if I could evaluate either of these two teams. I hope at the end of this week I do, but if A&M goes out there and wins, and they look fairly convincing, I mean, this has a chance to be a really good team, and I, I think as the observers, we all are part of that. I think everybody was intrigued with this Bobby Petrino-Jimbo thing work out, or will it be a disaster? And either way, it's going to be interesting. But it may not be a disaster, and if this works out, Petrino might be exactly what Jimbo needs to kind of just take a step back from all the aspects of this program that were not trending in the right direction for the last couple of years. Is it fair that you could act now? You're not going to call it this on the touchdown radio broadcast because you're not a smart ass like I'm about to be here, but you could call the A&M Miami game the, um, the bowl of less with more. Would that be an accurate way to put it? Because that's what these programs have kind of turned into the last few years. Heck, Miami, that's what they've been for like 20 years. Well, I think you could say a battle for relevancy. And then last year when I had the Florida State-Miami game, the storyline was two once-proud programs. Can one of these programs emerge and kind of get back in the national conversation? Well, one did in Florida State. And they looked at that night, and they looked at last week. Uh, Miami was on the other end of that, and, and they looked terrible. Uh, it is year two under Mario Cristobal, new coordinators. He recruited well. He, he kept a lot of kids home in Florida. And then he got some very key transfer portal guys, too. And he's got a few weapons. But one of the, you know, listen, the ACC is better if Miami is good. And I, I think the SEC is always a little more interesting if A&M is kind of every once in a while knocking on that door with, with Alabama and Georgia. I don't know if either one are there yet, but I think we're in that same case where you got two once proud programs just trying to fight for relevancy. If Miami wins, they're going to be undefeated going into a game at North Carolina. If A&M wins, they're going to be undefeated going into that game at Arkansas. And then you start to gain a little bit of momentum, and we'll see if they can carry it from there at any any point. I was going to say, yeah, I mean, Bobby Petrino and Deion Sanders, everywhere they go, they they win. Uh, You get this this Alabama-Texas game. Uh, Is Texas coming back to relevance? Speaking of uh, the coming back, does Texas have a chance against Alabama this week? Great question. It's going to be the game we're all glued to, I know, on Saturday night. I I was curious to see what the quarterback situation was going to look like from Alabama last week. In the same situation, maybe as Ohio State or others, you, you're due for a step back at some point, aren't you? Can you keep rolling out guys that that are contending for Heisman's and winning conference championships? The kid's fun. I mean, he can run, uh, and obviously, I think he's got a little bit of juice downfield too. Um, uh, 
you know, it's hard to believe Texas probably should have won this game last year. But uh, I, I think Alabama is clearly a better program, and we'll see if Texas has a little indication what it's going to be like when they jump into the SEC on a weekly basis. But, uh, you know, we need more of these matchups, Matt, in week two of the college football season. You know, we need more big-time intersectional, interdivision, whatever it is, uh, college football matchups. And, and I'm curious. I really want to see what Texas looks like against an Alabama team that maybe isn't at the Georgia level, but they're really, really close. How many SEC teams you've got on your uh, on your schedule? I know you guys don't know all the games you'll be calling because you'll kind of pick some of them. I think as you go a little later, depending on how they're all doing. But who do you, who do you have early? Yeah, well, I've got uh, Alabama. I'm sorry, Auburn, Georgia at the end of September. I've got LSU and Mizzou the first week in October. We wrap with the Iron Bowl at Auburn. We've got a few. We, we try and hit a few Big Ten stops too. We try and get to Columbus and Ann Arbor, um, but I don't have all of my October or November yet. But we'll see Alabama, Georgia, A and M all in the first, uh, you know, couple of months. You give. I know you haven't maybe done too much research into it though. But end of the month, you give Auburn even a fighting chance hosting Georgia. I mean, it's a lot of people are expecting some kind of big turnaround in Hugh Freeze's first year. Just taking Georgia, you know, toward to the gun in a close game would feel like a, at least a moral victory for him. Yeah, I, I say from a talent standpoint, no, Phil, but I've, I've called that game a couple of times, and, and people forget Auburn hates Georgia as much as they hate Alabama. I mean, <laughs> you talk about two rivalries. They're located in, in a similar region where there's a lot of people that hate Georgia just as much, if not Alabama, and that rivalry means something to them, and I think that seeps down into the kids because it, it has to. It just it has that feel that, uh, and that's why I, I think Auburn's had so much chaos and turmoil. The two teams that you compare yourself to are winning national championships in Georgia and Alabama, and you reach on coaches and you fire coaches, and you're constantly kind of chasing that rabbit. But uh, I give them a little chance because I've, I've seen it before. I don't. I don't want to re- overreact too much, but I, I'm a fan of Travis Hunter and Florida State and how they looked against LSU. Uh, should I believe in Florida State? Are they for real? I think so. And again, I'm just going on what I saw. I saw them twice last year, Matt. I saw them against Miami at Hard Rock, and I saw them at the end of the year against Anthony Richardson at home against Florida. And it, it, it had the feel of a program that was turning, and it had the feel of a program that's starting to generate some uh, some talent. So uh, I'm on board with Florida State right now. I, I think I was excited to see what they did in the second half. It's hard to go into halftime and, and feel like you probably could have been down 10 or 14 points and then absolutely steamroll a pretty good LSU team. But, uh, boy, they did, and, and they got some style points along the way Monday night. You got such an interesting gig with Touchdown Radio, Brett, because, I mean, you're going to some really – cool spots for games you know I, Miami might be cool if they were any good but apparently they're doing buy one get one tickets for this game with the uh, Georgia Tech game the, the, in a couple of weeks but uh, I mean Penn State who Penn State against Iowa you get the old-fashioned old hate with Georgia and, and, and Auburn I mean or that's uh, the, the oldest uh, rivalry in the south big stadiums big crowds it's and, and sitting next to former Heisman Trophy winner too it's a good gig man yeah, I love it. I, I do. And I always enjoy going to a few places I haven't been for whatever reason. I've never never done a game at Ole Miss, and that'll be next week with Georgia Tech at Ole Miss. So I'm looking forward to it. Night game, Grove. Uh, it is fun. I do joke with my D1 buddies, Phil, that, you know, th- those that call games for teams, they do get home games. And when they do have road games, they get charters. Uh, I don't either. So, you know, we're, we're traveling every week, but we make the best of it. We eat well on Friday night to the steakhouse, and we enjoy seeing different conferences and 
and whatnot every Saturday, so I'm lucky to be able to do it. Uh, but don't be afraid to make that four-hour drive instead of making sure you get your, your airline points. I know you learned a lesson on that um, last uh, last spring. Hey, yeah, I, I texted no, I, you about this earlier. Uh, yesterday, uh, we've learned a couple of the football terms uh, and tossed around a couple of the baseball terms that I'm not sure if everybody knew about. I learned Oski Oski a couple of days ago. We got Dummy Dummy for football yesterday. Baseball, I threw in Vulture. Uh, Sunday hop came on the text line. I don't think we mentioned Uncle Charlie, but that's one of my favorite ones. What's a baseball term that's sort of under the radar that you like to throw in every once in a while? All right, I've got two of them. Do you want me to give them both to you and you pick, or do you want me to, to make that, that decision on my own? Go both of them, man. We can do two. It's okay. Three-hour show. All right, okay. Compared to Uncle Charlie, this is a this is a way-back term, a yacker for a mm. curveball, right? Uh, if you had a good yacker, you had a good breaking ball, a good curveball. And uh, the one I kind of use that I don't think we employ enough because of the way the game has changed. How about calling somebody a Judy? Ooh, a punch and Judy hitter, punch right? Punch and Judy? Yeah, yeah you can throw out the punch part of it. Why are we punching Judy? She, you can just be Judy hitter, right? You probably remember a minor league manager. You know, you have a new player coming in, and you say, well, what is he like? And, and he turns to you and say, he's a Judy. <laughs> uh, Which I means think, he doesn't hit home runs, right? He yeah. just hits singles. I think John Bolton would have uh, been described well as a punch and Judy hitter. Is that is that fair? Yeah, yeah that's, that's completely fair. Nobody in football would want to be described as punch and Judy. Matt, I don't. I'm pretty sure about that. They like the punch part, not the Judy part. Char- mm-hmm. Charlie Hustle, yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Brett, appreciate you, man. Have a great call, and uh, maybe you can get with you next week since you get Georgia and Ole Miss. And, you know, Hogs play the Aggies, Hogs play Ole Miss. So get some scouting reports. Absolutely, guys. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Brett. Brett Dolan will be on the call for Touchdown Radio when A&M and Miami meet uh, this Saturday at Hard Rock Stadium. And, and I met Jordan Travis. Travis Hunter, I was kind of talking right now. Yeah, I yeah, do the same all, thing, uh, Sometimes man. it happens. I do the exact same thing. But I am a fan. I like him. I like what I saw, man. He looked sharp. He looked good. How about the idea, though, of, uh, of BOGO tickets? For Miami football. It's there in Coral, Coral Gables. There's so many other things to do. What about the Marlins making a play, late playoff run to get that that last wild card berth? And yet all the talk there will be about the Dolphins. And oh, the, the Dolphins, if, if Tua can stay healthy. With the busy fall season already in swing, you might be looking for wholesome, convenient meals for jam-packed days. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, can help you fuel up fast with chef-prepared, dietitian-approved, ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You can save time, eat well, and stay on track with a healthy lifestyle. We are offering a special deal for you. If you head to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50, you can get 50% off. This September, get Factor and enjoy eating well without the hassle. Simply choose your options and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals that can be ready in just two minutes. No prep and no mess. Try Factor and you'll still be able to get the flavor and nutritional quality you want and need. Remember, go to factormeals.com slash HTL50 and use code HTL50 to get 50% off. That's code HTL50 at factormeals.com slash HTL50. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. 
Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Are you in need of an attorney? Hickey and Hull Law Partners is your firm. Hickey and Hull understand the importance of client communication, meeting with you, responding to emails, and returning calls. Hickey and Hull are attorneys you can trust to guide you through a divorce or a custody case, criminal charges, or even civil lawsuit. Ready to put their seven decades of experience to work for you and get the best results. Every case is important. Hickey and Hull Law Partners strive to give each client the time and attention it deserves. Visit them at KevinHickeyLaw.com. Hickey and Hull Law Partners. Things are about to get better. And now, back to the podcast. Uh, with every hour that goes through on halftime, you're that closer to the beginning of the NFL season tonight. Lions and Chiefs getting things started. I am not a fan of either of these teams. I do not play fantasy football, so I don't have any care about how the quarterbacks play or what defense does what. Um, I'm not uh, putting money on this game on the Bet as an app. So I've I've really, Matt Jones, I have absolutely no reason to watch this game whatsoever other than just, well, I got two reasons here. Kids are with me tonight. I'll torture the kids, forcing them into their bedrooms for the remainder of the evening once the game begins. And uh, I just want to watch NFL football. That's what I grew up with, man, and and it's, it's been a while since I've been at the place where on a Sunday I would watch three games, including the Steelers game. I don't think this will be the year. I'm going to spend some Sundays traveling, uh, and and truthfully, after after putting basically eight hours into Arkansas football on Saturdays, um, watching three NFL games on a Sunday is not really on my list. But I'm excited to watch this tonight, and it really does. You know, it feels like an old friend is returning to the couch with you. You know, I, I don't know who on maybe, man, I, I was trying to look at uh, at the, the Detroit Lions, who I'd want to see. Maybe St. Brown's all right. But Isaiah Pinkcho for, for Kansas City and Cordavius Tony love watching those guys play. I think those are two talented cats. Uh, you get Jared Goff, who is uh, above. He's a he's a competent quarterback. He's not. He can't win a Super Bowl. Strong, super strong arm, tough. Uh, he he's he's all right. You know, he's not in that top ten, but he's he's not outside the top twenty. You know, I'd put him in that second that second tier. Uh, and then you get the future Hall of Famer, Patty Mahomes. I mean, you get to go out there and watch him. He's five and zero, oh, Phil, uh, in his last five opening day starts. So uh, I'd, I'd expect for them to go six and zero. Oh. Well, we'll certainly will be pulling for Frank Ragnow, beginning his second. There you game. go. Is he starting with the Detroit Lions tonight? Oh, yeah. Center. How fun. Right yeah. there, center. All pro, man. Always what? pulling for the Hogs, yeah. Might be the, might be the best center in the game. So, uh, yeah, there, there, there's a reason for Arkansas fans to watch it, even if you don't like NFL football. I, I just I want to see a little bit, Phil. Maybe maybe the, the thing I want to see with Kansas City's offense, I thought when they lost Tyreek Hill, they would take a step back. They lost their OC and their best tight end. So it would be interesting to see how, how this Kansas City offense, they're, they're going to be relying on Patty Mahomes a lot. Has Kelsey been confirmed out of the game? I just don't see any way you play him. I, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I think that that's a veteran squad. That's a veteran player. Uh, now you're going to listen to him and, and trust his body. Uh, but the older you get, the the knees just creak and crack a little bit more. The back's a little tighter. He's he's played a lot of snaps. I, I would think that you uh, 
you sit him. You don't play him this this first game. They've if got not, him listed as questionable. He's not healthy. I you just here, here's the thing. Can he injure his his knee more? Are you going to injure it more? Or, or are you going to say let's go out and play and then you get ten days to the next game? Is it something like what? It, what is the significance of this injury? Yeah, well, I'm sure it'll be a it'll 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 be a top of mind conversation, but, uh, but on the broadcast tonight. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it'll be I see how uh, that 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 Detroit Lions head coach is is pretty intense. He, his Starbucks order is uh, two venti two venti <laughs> two venti black coffees with two double shots of espresso in them. That's what his order is. Well, is that for, really what it is? Oh, he's intense, man. He's you're just like oh my goodness, like <laughs> settle down, Holmes. Hey man, I like the quad grande americano. It sounds like he likes Two the of them. eight. Yeah, yeah, the eight cup. Oh my americano. Uh, speaking of New York and coaches and guys who are intense, I saw a cut from Hard Knocks. Robert uh, Saleh. He says he can't, I couldn't play this on the air because he dropped too many f bombs. And you've always picked up on this. Like, what's the first thing Sam Pittman has complimented Kent State about? He says they play hard. That is the worst thing you can say about a football team when that's the first thing you say about a football team. That means, to me, when I hear a coach immediately compliment a team on how well, on how hard they play, and that's the first thing he says about them, that means that football team is terrible. He's not really that scared of them. Not really that nervous of them. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. They play really hard. Well, tell me what you think about this team. Well, the quarterback's really got a great arm, and you've got a couple of receivers that have great hands, and, man, they can really fly. This defense is multiple, and we you never don't. know which direction they're coming from. No. First thing you say is, they play hard. Yeah. When you're not mentioning any players on the other team, it's because you don't, you don't have to know any of their names. Saleh told his team that he has a pet peeve, and that pet peeve is when the opposing coach comes up to him at the 50-yard line before the game and compliments him on how hard his team plays. And then they there are about eight different F-bombs that he uh, mixed in after that. He says, I don't want to hear that anymore. I don't think that's going to be the first thing he hears from an opposing coach about his team this year. Man, how about that new shiny? That shiny it's not really new, but it's new to you. But how, how about that shiny toy out there in Aaron Rodgers? Exactly. That's yeah. the first thing they'll oh, say. Oh, man, yeah. That's the first thing they'll say. Be like, hey, what do you think about that baseball team over there? Well, they look really sharp in the uniforms. I'll tell you what. <laughs> they are dressed really well today. And, and congratulations for that. Um, let's see, the Broncos opening up, uh, opening up against the Raiders at home in Denver. Uh, there was, there was a, a, a point that you brought up yesterday, Matt, on that Bill Parcells list of commandments for quarterbacks mm-hmm. that I think is, is exactly the thing that Sean Payton was trying to get across to Russell Wilson. Uh, you saw Peyton said something of the effect of, in order to salvage Wilson's career, he's got to stop focusing on, quote, Russell Wilson Incorporated and stop kissing babies because you're not running for office. So in, in commandment number 11 on this list that you, that you sent me yesterday, don't be a celebrity quarterback. We need battlefield commanders that are willing to fight it out every day, every week, and every season and lead their team to win after win after win. Celebrity quarterback. Every quarterback's a celebrity. That's just, that's just a fact. You are a celebrity if you are a quarterback in, in college or in the NFL and entrenched in that position. You're, the most, you're probably the most famous athlete in your city, in your town. Is anybody more famous in this state as far as athletes right now than K.J. Jefferson? There's Sorry. a few guys you could throw out there. Maybe KJ's, Nick Smith last year. Right, but yeah. K.J.'s the one who's talked about more than anybody else in this state. Mm-hmm. So you're always a celebrity. It's, I think it's just a matter of how you 
handle that celebrity, how you view yourself within that celebrity, and whether you view yourself as celebrity first or quarterback first. Well, he's married to a celebrity. I don't even know if he's the most famous person in his household. Uh, I don't know how famous Sierra is, but I know she's a pop star. And uh, they, they uh, Russell is he's he's really kind of an over, overrated guy. He's a hard worker. He's 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 you know I, you'd heard stuff where they had to you had to call his agent just to get a hold of him. You know he's kind of well, you, you're right. You wanted to be man. Hey, that that after. As soon as you get done, you can go do a Peyton Manning uh, broadcast, and you can go go talk and stuff. But worry about your team. Worry about what you're doing right now. I don't think that Denver's going to be any good this year. I know Sean Payton's a G, and I'm a, I'm a big time Sean Payton fan. But I'm I don't think Russell Wilson's really that good. Well, it seems like he was a little more interested in his production company than in the actual Denver Broncos. You know, and you, like LeBron, LeBron's got his production company. I too. take the under with the Broncos. I don't even know what it is, but I, I do not that. You know, you got to play the Chiefs. Uh, you you got to play the Raiders. Now they get to play the Cardinals. Is that right? So they they might uh that that should be two wins. Oh, let me double check a, a Broncos schedule for you, just in case here. Okay, they get they get Vegas uh, this weekend, Washington after that. There's a chance. There's a chance you're two and zero. Very well. There's a chance because they're both home games, at Miami, at Chicago, then the Jets. You got to play Kansas City twice. Heck, they get Denver gets Kansas City twice in a three week stretch. Yeah, they do. Bit, that's a little bit different for NFL scheduling, isn't it? October twelfth and the twentieth. So they'll they'll play them twice by the end of October. You know, you don't know how Chicago's gonna be, but the Jets, I, I think the Jets are gonna be really good this year. Buffalo as well. Yeah, they're 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 no easy. There's no easy wins there. It's kinda like the SEC Westfield. There's no easy games at that level. Dolphins Chargers ought to be a great opener. I like the quarterback battle in that one for sure. Uh, Cowboys, Giants, Sunday night, NBC, really good. And of course, Bills and Jets to wrap it up Monday night on September the 11th. First of 18 weeks of uh, the NFL. I, I like 17 games now. Jimmy G, Jimmy G and the Raiders. I got them over, over the Denver Broncos week one. That's right. I forgot Jimmy G was out there. Josh Jacobs in the backfield. That's They are all right. Yeah, Cajun says uh, Jokic is the most popular athlete in Denver. That's true. You win an NBA championship, then you're, you're, you'll, you'll end up being more famous or more popular than the quarterback. But let's say well, John Elway was more famous than Russell. That's Wilson. what I was going to yeah. say. Let's let's transport this Denver Nuggets to the '90s. Would Jokic be more popular than Elway? Doubtful. Derek and Rogers, yeah, Jameer Gibbs for the Lions. Wasn't he the only? First well, there, were, there were two running backs in the first round. Yeah. Gibbs was one. Bijan Robinson the and other. The with Texas the Longhorns. Yeah. yeah, Gibbs is really good. I mean that that guy's about as fast as it gets. Scott and Ozark asked about Dan Skipper. Is he still with Detroit? No, he signed with the Colts and they cut him just on uh, the, on cut day. So he didn't he didn't make the uh, the fifty three man roster. Uh, he's good enough to play for Detroit quite a bit last year. I'm sure. I don't know if he's, Skipper has signed on with anyone else, but I'm sure there's. Look, I'm sure he'll sign on with somebody. Yeah, he's he's talented and, and just stay in shape. You know that that year to see, see what can see what can happen. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had, winning up to 25 times my money this football season. Just select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. 
Prize Picks is a skill-based, real money daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? Well, you pick two to six players, and if they will go for more or less than their Prize Picks projection. Prize Picks is really simple to play. You can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. Find out all about it at prizepicks.com slash HTL and use code HTL for a first deposit match up to $100. That's prizepicks.com slash HTL and use the code HTL for that first deposit match of up to $100. Must be present in certain states. Visit prizepicks.com for restrictions and details. prizepicks.com, daily fantasy sports made easy. The Year of the Sauce continues at Buffalo Wild Wings. Introducing Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and the return of hot barbecue sauce to the Buffalo Wild Wings Sauce lineup. Try both Bullet Bourbon Barbecue Sauce and Hot Barbecue Sauce for a limited time at your local Buffalo Wild Wings. Visit Buffalo Wild Wings in Little Rock, Sherwood, Bryant, Conway, Jonesboro, and Fort Smith. Buffalo Wild Wings. Wings, sauce, beer, and football. Passion is something that exists in all of us. I know we got a lot of passionate Hog fans listening right now. And I know that all of you love football season. Dave Bushkill and his team over at Eastside Liquor are the exact same way. They can take care of all your tailgating and party needs. Whether it's just a few beers or alcohol in bulk. Stop by 9390 Rogers Avenue in Fort Smith to check off every item on your list. Eastside Liquor, your number one stop for Arkansas football this season. Happy Thursday. What's going on today, ma'am? There's a little opener and pretty nice sunny day. And I mean, warm, but not ridiculously hot, I guess. Yeah, it'll be a nice day for football. How excited are you, though, for... Uh, I know you'll be watching the Chiefs and the uh, and the Lions tonight. You don't miss many many uh, many primetime NFL games. Uh, do you watch a lot of NFL football? Because you, you're covering the Razorbacks, and man, you are knee deep in college football, not just on Saturdays, but all throughout the week. I know you're in on the teleconference and everything. How much NFL ga- uh, football do you usually get your eyes on? Well, I'm a big Packers fan, so I, I, I don't I don't get the NFL ticket because there are games I can't watch. But um, yeah, I obviously try to watch as many Packers games as I can. Like tonight, I'll be rooting big for the Chiefs because you know the Lions are in the same division as the Packers, and I, I like to see how the how Arkansas players are doing, or maybe guys from the SEC. So I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in. Um, you know, fantasy football or what, what, whatever you call it, where you you have the team. But I, I never got that into it. But um, but I, I definitely like like to watch you know as much football as I can. Hey Bob, with uh with with Rocket Sanders' knee, is it the same knee from from last year? And uh, you know, is is this something that's just serious or is it just kind of precautionary? Well, it's his left knee. At least that's what he wore the sleeve on. So, um. I can't remember uh, last year, but he didn't really have. I mean, he didn't miss any games. Remember the Kansas remember. game and the in the bowl game, he went the first series oh, and they oh, hurt the his knee. Game, and I just didn't know if it was the yeah. same one or not. Yeah, that, that, that's a good question. Um, I don't know would be the answer. Good <laughs> answer on that. I know that didn't come up at all with Sam. And um, you know, Sam talked about it with the media yesterday. He hadn't gotten. Um, I guess the total evaluation and then on his radio show last night he revealed that 
you know, he's not going to play this game, which, you know, after we saw that he wasn't practiced and that, you know, you didn't expect him to play. But then I guess the good news is, I mean, you don't want to miss any games, but he said he thought he might miss one, maybe two games, but it felt like he'd be back, which means he'd be back for the SEC opener at LSU. And, you know, you hope he can be back for BYU. We'll have to wait and see. But it sounds like it's not, uh, you know, a long-term injury, thankfully. But, but something that's definitely going to keep him out, you know, one, maybe two games. And and it's possible longer. But Sam's not an optimistic that it wasn't going to be a long-term injury. I know a real theme yesterday for, for Coach Pittman in all of his media sessions uh, is that you want to see the line of scrimmage move in in your direction on both sides of the ball, and he really wasn't very happy with uh, a lack of push from the offensive line. He didn't feel like the defense really got that much of a push, and I would expect those things to. Well, they certainly have focused on it this week. Hopefully, it changes against Kent State. Yeah, I mean Kent State's a team that's um, you know they're in a heavy rebuild. You know, I've got a new coach Kenny Burns, um, and they lost you know their 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 their, their old coach uh, went went to Colorado to be uh, the Sanders offense coordinator. So they had nine, I believe, all MAC players on like first, second, third teams. They lost all those guys to the portal. So they have absolutely no returnees on offense. Now they've got some transfers who've got college football experience and some backups. But the thing that really stands up to me about Kent State on offense is not only do they have a totally new offensive line, that includes a couple transfers, but they have a f- true freshman starting center. That, that's very rare to see a true freshman starting center. Uh, R- 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 Ricky Stromberg, I think, uh, you know, played as, as a true freshman, but it's very rare. And so, with Arkansas's veteran defensive line, I would think that's an area they could they could really dominate. Now, maybe they won't, but I think that's an area where uh, they should really get after Kent State pretty good as a defensive line versus their offensive line. And then the offensive line, you know, Brady Latham's coming back. And he's one player, but he's a key player. And I also think the fact that they they had two offensive tackles who had, you know, never started before. It really, Kakutis had played almost exclusively on special teams last year. I think he played one or two snaps on offense. And, and on the, the, the other side, Andrew Shambley was a redshirt freshman. So I think the fact that those guys got a little time in together and they're going to have Brady Latham on their best lineman back, that, that, that should help them be more dominant on, on that side of the ball as well. Bob, I gave the, the Arkansas defense an A-plus in, in, in week one. So going into week two, any, any areas that they need to improve on, what do you want to see out of this defense uh, against Kent State? Well, I guess kind of like we were just talking about the defensive line. You, you know, the, the line played okay, but and of course they had five turnovers and that, that's, I'm sure that's why you gave them that A plus that, that's great takeaway but um, you know maybe get after the quarterback more uh, you know get, get, get some sacks some more lost yardage plays maybe I shouldn't say lost yardage I think maybe they had 10 tackles for losses so that's pretty good but, but, but maybe get after the, the quarterback more and one you know get some sacks and two you know keep forcing those turnovers one thing Kent State did in that game uh, better than uh, than Central Florida did, and you know when you lose fifty six to six, they're probably in a whole lot of those categories, right? They uh, they were they were a plus three to one on turnover margin. They forced three turns, only turned it over once. So that's something where you know Arkansas obviously wants to keep taking care of the ball like they did against Western Carolina with zero turnovers, but they also want to want to raise that that turnover margin by by uh, Kent State only had one takeaway that Central Florida did. Arkansas obviously wants to 
wants to improve that, and one way to do that is to get after the quarterback. Hey, Bob, you know Hogs Plus is starting a series tonight uh, called Resurgence uh, about the 1998 season and Houston Nuts' first year as the head coach. Uh, as someone who covered that year and had covered, I think it was 16 seasons of Arkansas football before it, uh, that obviously is a season that stands out. Um, man, resurgence, that was something that the program really needed, and, and they certainly did that year. What now you, I know you'll remember a ton from, from 1998, but... Uh, what stands out that you remember about the resurgence of Arkansas football under Houston Nutt? Well, yeah, they uh, I think they've gone four and seven. There's only eleven games back then, so they've gone four and seven each of the last uh, two years under Daddy Ford. But he had done a good job of accumulating talent. They had some good players, and I think Houston was just the right guy at the right time to come in. Uh, you know, Houston was young; he was enthusiastic. And, uh, you know, some people might see some of those videos, those little Channel 7 videos or whoever, and think, wow, was he really like that? Yeah, he was really like that all the time. He was super enthusiastic. Of course, Matt, Matt played for him. And, uh, you know, he, those guys, I think they needed some positive feedback. They needed somebody to believe in them. There were a lot of seniors that were hungry. I think the thing that really resonated with the, 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 the players was that Houston didn't come in talking about rebuilding and, trying to get to a bowl game. He came in and said, we want to win now. And that's what those seniors, obviously, especially the seniors, wanted to hear. And uh, Houston really, you know, sometimes you see, and I think this was really a, a downfall of Chad Morris here. Honestly, I'm not trying to pout on, on Chad here. I know you didn't ask me about him, but he did not do a good job of making the, the, the returning players feel like they were part of the big picture with him, I don't believe. And that's why I think, those seasons fell apart is because there was no buying or very little by the returning players because they felt they, they didn't feel like they were prioritized. And that's one thing Sam Pivot did real well too is when he came in, you know, remember he said, you're my players. Maybe I didn't recruit you, but you're my players now. And that's something I think Houston did a really good job of was uh, making those guys buy in from the get-go. And he just had infectious enthusiasm. And I think he, you know, you, you saw that, that uh, feeling where guys were ready to run through the wall for him. And, and then, uh, you know, the big thing that Houston joked about this was, you know, SMU was beating Arkansas. When he went on the Razorback Club speaking circuit, people were saying, hey, let's beat SMU. And, of course, they they destroyed SMU to open the season. Actually, I think it was Southwestern Louisiana that they opened with and won big, and then they beat SMU. And the big thing was they beat out, and this was not Ben Alabama team. They beat Alabama. I think it was forty-two to six in Fayetteville. And that's when you really knew, wow, these guys could have a special season. Yeah, they had Joe Dean, Davenport, Emmanuel Smith, Madre Hill, Clint Sterner, Lucas. Man, they had all sorts. Alvin Ray. Man, they had a. They, you're right, uh, Bob. They they had some talent on that team. Well, Bob, I also think it was it was resurgence in the term of the team getting better. But also it was a resurgence in terms of interest across the state. That was something that, that, that I, think, uh, I think Clay brought up last week. You, you remember, was there like a moment or, or a game or, or just when it, when it hit you that it felt like not only was there a ton of buy-in, but the, you know, the, it was the, the, there really was just that surge of interest and love and passion in the program. And had it been lacking in any seasons before 98? Oh, oh yeah. And, and, you know, let me say this. I thought Danny Ford did a solid job as a coach. You know, he helped 
bring Arkansas closer to being SEC ready. And he did recruit well, but all due respect to Danny, I think it was time for a change. And I think Houston was, was just the right guy to come in. And of course, you got to remember Houston had one year at Boise State, and before that, he'd been at Murray State, and they did a really good job. But I think at Boise, he was like four and seven, but also or maybe five and six. But they were coming off like a one-win season, and their coach had passed away. So Houston took over a very tough job there at Boise State. People think about Boise State now, and they think, "Wow." You know, what a great uh, mid-major program, and it, and it is, and it's had a ton of success. But Houston was really the guy that went there in that one year that kind of got him going again, and then other coaches built on that. But, um, yeah, like I said, the Alabama game is the one that really jumped out. I mean, I, I think at the time Alabama was ranked, and we didn't know they weren't going to be as good, but you just don't expect anybody, let alone Arkansas, to go out there and beat Alabama 42-6. to six. And I remember that, that that's when they were renovating the, the visiting locker room, so Alabama changed in uh, like you know they, they had to walk all the way across the practice field they, they changed it down there and like it's where the Smith Center is now but it wasn't the Smith Center then there was a building there like the and uh, the, the, the indoor deal the Walker Pavilion and they came in and you, they just seemed like they had to go forever and you could kind of see all these big you know guys in their white uniforms and red helmets coming it was just kind of kind of bizarre and then Arkansas just just laid, laid the woods to from the get-go you know and that's when I think people really I think people were excited but that's when they really started getting excited about this team hey Bob do you see uh I, I have a feeling I know it well I don't know if you'll be writing about it but somebody of the Democratic is at will we got a men's basketball uh SEC schedule uh came out 25 minutes ago so we had the women's schedule yesterday and the men's schedule today. I'm just assuming baseball schedule comes out within the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, hey, writing about a schedule might not be the most exciting thing in the world, but we do know what the season's going to look like coming up. Here it is. Yeah, they, 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 uh, I actually have it up here in front of me. Arkansas is opening up at home with, with Auburn. And then, you know, obviously we, we, knew, they were, we knew who they were going to play. We knew they were going to you know, play Kentucky twice, for instance. But, you know, the Kentucky dates get, get them the 27th of January here, and then they got to go to Kentucky on March 2nd, kind of a flip last year with uh, when Kentucky came here. But uh, uh, it, it, it'll be interesting. They're, they're la- and then their last game is at Alabama. So their last three games are at Kentucky, LSU at home, and at Alabama. So you're getting that. Kentucky and, and Alabama road games there at the end of the year, so that, 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 that's a tough way to go, but, but you, you got to play them some, sometime on the road. Looks like the season goes just a little longer this year because uh, the, uh, gosh, the, the final four starts April the 6th. That's usually a little later than when the national championship is played, so I think our I think the season's pushed back like a week. Maybe it's a Maybe it's a, a leap year thing. I don't know. All right, Bob, we'll leave it there. Appreciate you, man. It's always fun having you on the show, and uh, we'll talk again on, I'll see you Saturday, okay, at the stadium. Okay, sounds good. You guys take care. Thanks, Bob. Bob Holt, Democrat Gazette, with us every Thursday on Halftime. Bill, that 98 team, man, I was looking, David Barrett, Orlando Green, Kenoy Kennedy, Carlos Hall, oh my, Bobby Williams, Grant Garrett, man, they had a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, they also had the uh, guy who's going to be the <coughs> the um, honorary... Brandon Bullsworth. Well, well yeah, sure. <laughs> Melvin Bradley was on that team. Nose tackle. And he's the honorary captain on uh, Saturday for the Kent State game. 
Yeah, so now we got a men's basketball schedule. It is complete. The Kentucky game, January 27th, is a Saturday. You're going to get the Wildcats home on a Saturday again. All right. You're listening to the Eastside Liquor Halftime Podcast. Check out the Bud Light Morning Rush Podcast at hitthatline.com. This podcast has been presented by Bet Online. This podcast is an exclusive property of Pearson Broadcasting. It may not be copied, reproduced, modified, published, uploaded, reposted, transmitted, or distributed in any way without Pearson Broadcasting's prior written consent. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.